Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Friday, August 11, 2023. Coming right up, we're here in the book of John, chapter 11. We left off at verse 44, so don't you dare miss it. This is a huge in-depth lesson coming up. But please first consider your part in the many-member body of Christ. God is calling you to action, especially through this book of John. You can feel the love of Christ just jump off the pages in the book of John like like no other book. God is calling you to action. What are you sacrificing for the grace God has granted you? People cheapify God's grace by not supporting God's truth. God sent his only begotten son and it cost Jesus Christ his life and cost God his son to be tortured, humiliated, and killed. We are to acknowledge the price Christ paid for us with sacrificing oneself and living to support God's word. That's the truth. Our God is the God of truth. God's grace comes with the call of sacrificial action. You are invited to partner with the Companion Chapel to help me reach out to a hurting world with the message of Christ's love. Now, when I start this off, I always say coming to you from the Great Lakes area, a beautiful Ontario, Canada, coming to you from the bottom of the algorithms. Unfortunately, yet another platform has dropped me because... They claim misinformation. Misinformation is just information that's not convenient for people. And it's Christian people that are complaining against me. The way I teach from the manuscripts, through the lexicons, and out from any English version that you prefer. Now, we're supposed to come together in unity and we're supposed to have discussion with each other. And that's what happens. Through respectful discussion and debate, the truth will prevail. And I put my eternal soul on the line for this. To teach you, I have no financial interest in the outcome. I live in grinding poverty, but I'll do this every day possible. And then it takes hours and hours to go through iMovie and then try and upload it onto all these platforms. So wherever you're watching, if you could just help promote God's word by a like, a subscribe, comment, share, whatever you can do. And please email me at at the Companion Chapel email. That's companionchapel at gmail.com. So think about this. When God gives you increase, he doesn't expect you to increase your lifestyle. He expects you to increase your giving. Who God gives much to, he expects much in return. God wants his children back. They can only be reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can't romanticize who you think the Lord Jesus Christ is. Now more on why I got kicked off. Another one is because of the first page of the Bible. People just don't like it. Christians don't like it. I document it right down to the etymology of all the key words chapter by chapter, verse by verse, line on line, 2 Peter chapter 3, Psalms chapter 90, is the setup and construct for the first page of your Bible. One day with the Lord is a thousand years. There's your time frame template. I don't understand why people don't understand the time frame coverage there, why they get so upset and mad, but I do understand because I seek out the Lord. I seek him out and inquire of him, my Lord Jesus Christ, why are people so angry at me when I'm sitting here and grinding poverty, doing this for people I don't even know. And Lord Jesus Christ said, Michael, are you not going through the scriptures? Open the book and let it speak for itself. I came in the volume of the book. I answer every logical and moral objection known to mankind. They are going to pucker up and explode on you for teaching the truth. When it's outside of their ideologies, they've developed a emotional attachment to their ideologies of what's written in here. It's like putting on a new patch on an old garment or putting new wine into an old wine skin. What's going to happen to that old garment after you wash it? Oh, it's going to pucker up. And what happens when you put new wine into an old wine skin? It's going to ferment and explode. Jesus Christ tells us all things, answers every logical and moral objection known to mankind. God has the only consistent thought pattern 
Mankind is bound by the principles of egotism and being inconsistent. I pray for the whole human family. Listen, if you don't like what I say, why don't you just email me? And again, through respectful discussion and debate, the truth will prevail. And so, yeah, there we go off another platform. Listen, if you want to support this ministry, I set this up as a registered nonprofit ministry. If you could help me pay for the internet, help me pay for some electricity here. If you could take a look around, you can see I live in grinding poverty. There's no running water here. There's no hot water here. I've lived like this for years and years. I do have a garden hose off the well now, which is fine. I'll give you one of these for a $10 donation. The Companion Chapel dot com or go to companionchapel at gmail.com and email me or whatever you can help out with just to help keep these broadcasts going because this is the dynasty of the censorship of the truth the great apostasy and we're supposed to be coming together as a human family pray for everybody in the human family even the people that for some reason don't like me and i really like to hear from you in the emails uh and I would just suggest be nice or go play somewhere else, man. Like, seriously, if you can't document it, if you have to document it from man's uh, uh, traditions or somebody else's commentary or something you've seen on the internet or some stupid documentary, think again, okay? All right, right, let's. we're in this book. This is it. This is the truth. Our God is the God of truth. So let's go to John 11, 44. And Jesus just did this, okay? We thoroughly covered that in the last lesson so i hope you've watched that one and liked and shared verse 45 then many many of the jews which came to mary and had seen the things which jesus did believed on him this jews is a geographical noun here used as a geographical noun and it means the people of judea and it should say people of judea uh, and they believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Little rat bags just going, you can't, just busybodies, right? What's the Bible say about being busybodies and being a rat bag? Yeah, it's not good. Mind your own business. And they gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, this is not just any council, okay? This is the Sanhurim. This was the Supreme National Court. Now, always remember the Roman army was an invading force. It's just like, think about United States. They've invaded just about every Every country on planet earth they've had uh, military ground troops in 190 out of 193 countries since world war ii and so they'll go in and invade a country right and they're just an invading ground force or an invading force but they're still but that country still has a governmental system set up and the governmental system back then was this it was the church and it was called the Sanhedrin, and it was the Supreme National Court, and it consisted of 71 members, and it was originating according to the rabbis and the elders. Okay, so this is a huge council here. This isn't sitting around some coffee shop going, okay, what, what are we going to, what's going on here? What do, what do we do for this man doth many miracles? What do we do? What are we going to do about this? Something must be done about this guy because, then this is the lead clergy of the time, and it's the same today when you, people try to kill the truth. If we let him alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place, they're saying, and our nation. That's the key there. They think this belongs to them. The church belongs to them. That church basket with all the money belongs to them. And that's why they call in this book, in the Bible, the feasts of the Jews, because it belonged to them. That's where Jews, like, forget about English grammar. Old Hebrew grammar contains trait nouns, which are adjectives. It contains a noun, a verb, an adjective. It, this word here is a trait noun for Jews. 
and it means the lead clergy and those hostile towards Christianity. Obviously, it's not a race of people. Those that have gone the way of Cain, Balaam, and Korah, as we read about in the Bible, and we can see how that word Jews just just got distorted into the Bible. It's if if it was uh, if it was to be perpetual posterity, a parish back to parentage back to brother judah which is a long way before moses if you can get your genealogy all the way back then you'd be called son of judah this like it's in the bible biblical usage of this word here rightly divide the word or i like to say rightly attend to the word here is the lead clergy and those that follow them that are hostile towards the lord jesus christ and Christianity and they're out there today still too it's not a race of people okay and so the Romans they take away so the feast of the Jews is what they call themselves in a few verses we see the Jews Passover it's not called God's Passover Yahweh's Passover and no doubt the temple was meant as the center and source of all their influence and power and they think they're going to lose it because this invading force is going to say okay this governmental system's not working we'll just put another one in and we see that construct today on a world stage over and over and over when an invading force comes in, they put up a puppet government. If it's not working, they'll just change it, right? And this is what they're afraid of. Nothing is new under the sun. What belongs to the nation, they claim, and they claim the nation which they ruled over their own. This is what they're claiming. They, they think they're going to lose all this power, which is all about money. Remember, Nicodemus was one of the richest men in all Judea, and he was one of these uh, in the Sanjurum. Now, and one of them, named Cepheus, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all. Okay, this is pure divine intervention. The same way God intervened with Balaam, it's the same thing. Nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation should perish not. And this he spake not of himself, but being the high priest that year. So he wasn't in power too long because they changed it each year. So probably about six months. I forget what month this was, but I, I did read it earlier. He prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. He spake not of himself. This was divine intervention. And not that that nation only, but that also should be gathered together in one, the children of God scattered abroad. And that would it become that nation Israel who we are to adopt ourselves back into and so that was pure prophecy and divine intervention now do you think then from that day forth they took counsel to put him to death do you think that that's why they put him to death no they put him to death because of back here they orchestrated the death they needed the military that invaded force to help them orchestrate it it was the lead clergy and their followers this the scribes and Pharisees that put him to death. Therefore, Jesus not walked no more openly among the Jews, but whence, but went thence to the, but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness, and into a city called Ephraim, which means double blessed, and there continued with his disciples. Okay, and the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Yeah, with vain rituals, not to purify their minds, which we are supposed to do today. Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple. What you think? Is this guy going to show up? Is Jesus going to show up? And now, 
both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should he should show it that they might take him. Now put the finger on him. Let's find this guy. We got to get rid of him. He's taking all the money. He's gonna he's we're gonna lose everything here if it's because the truth is being told. And it's the same thing today. It's, it's nothing new under the sun. And maybe we'll just leave that at that for today. Actually, I feel like doing way more. Let's go to verse. Let's go to chapter twelve. I know that someone pulled in and there's dogs barking and that's all good, man. There's roosters crowing. This is cool. You should come out Companion Chapel Homesteading Community out here in Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. We read about that. And there he made a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. So there we go. God executes performances far beyond our current understanding of physics. God is an energy, and he can create life. In the beginning, wisdom was there before the first atom was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth, when the whole universe was a pulverized dust. God created. Wisdom personified. Wisdom was there. That's what he's saying. When I became a consciousness, I created. I didn't create chaos, disorder. I didn't create uh, pandemonium. I didn't create hatred. I created all things. And people write to me all the time. Well, if God created all things, why is there all this evil in the world? Why did he create evil? God created what mankind did with it. That's another story. Okay, God created free will entities in the beginning. All of us. Before the earth was even formed, Psalms chapter 90, I say this all the time. We cohabitated with God in the circuits of time before the earth ever even was. We were all there. We were all God's stars. That's bright shining life forces. Cobb in the Hebrew, shouting out for joy, the whole human family, and infinite felicity. <laughs> shouting out for joy, all of us. For God's joy, for his glory, for his pleasure. So there they're having a supper, and, and God is an energy. That's what his spirit is, an energy. Your spirit is an energy. Your, your soul is an energy. Together they make up your identity. Your soul is what you are, and your spirit is who you are. That's your intellect, your reactive attitude that motivates all actions, your character, your character, your personality. God's character, God's personality is an energy, and he can create. It's He's not matter, but he has the authoritative diminutive power over matter to create life and that's what he did he put life back into lazarus to show us as we said in the last lesson exhaustively then mary took a pound of ointment and spikeyard very costly and anointed the feet of jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, that should betray him. Remember, this is written retroactively. All this, everything was said and done by, by the time John got here and was able to uh, uh, read this or write this. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, why shouldn't this uh, should betray him? Verse 5, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This is said because he cared not for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the bag, the money bag, and bear what was put therein. He was skimming off the top. He bought two properties, by the way, not just one. We're going to do the Book of Acts next. You know, there he is. Just, you know, I could have took my cut off that. Uh, yeah, now it's all over Jesus' feet and in her hair. Nice guy, Judas. Well, he's got the devil in him. That means slanderer. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against this day of my burying, she has kept this. She's anointing me. For the poor always you have with you, but with me you will not always have. We have Jesus Christ in our hearts. 
But we're talking de facto, tripping around as just teacher, your master, your rabbi, your wonderful counselor, like he did back then. He does it for us through spirit. Back then, he was tangibly walking around. He had to. He had to take the lowest earthly position for us. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. He executed the most... Uh, a loving act of... Uh, love and compassion beyond our present comprehension was Calvary at the cross. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, let's stay on subject here. For the poor, he will always have with us. And, okay, much of the people of the Jews, therefore, knew that knew that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also who he raised from the dead. You know, people are curious. That's just natural to be curious. Wow, did this really happen? I have to see it with my own eyes. And now watch what happens. But the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus to death also. The clergy wants to kill anyone who infringes on them making money. And this happens with people who study the Bible a lot. You might walk, want to walk into a church and get involved in a Bible study. Watch, you're going to get shut down. Just be careful. If if you know more than the elders or more than the more than the uh, pastor or preacher or whatever, they pound on you. It happens to me all the time. I don't bother anymore. I'll just do this. That's it. And it's just people come against me just brutally. And you just go in there and you just try your best and you pray for everybody always. Because of that reason of him many of the jews went their way and believed on jesus they were converted and that's the greatest thing they lived in the land of judea and now they were christians but there's a lot of hostile hatred towards christianity and we'll see what happens here and on the next day much people that were come to the feast when they had heard that jesus was come to jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried hosanna hosanna that's hosanna that means save us lord jesus Save us. I think it's Aramaic. Save us, Lord Jesus. Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Why is he called the King of Israel? Just go to Romans chapter 9, verse 4. Israel is God's spiritual kingdom. We have to adopt ourselves back into that family, Israel. And again, Romans chapter 9, 4 tells us who the Israelites are. Let the Bible be your glossary, not somebody else out there, not somebody's commentary, not some uh, major media. And when Jesus had found a young ass, he sat there on, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. This is written in uh, Zechariah chapter 9, 9, the first advent. Zechariah chapter 9, 10 is the second advent. What are we talking about? Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, the king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. Zion, biblical usage Zion, Zion refers to its governmental structure and its inhabitants. That's God's governmental structure. Zion is just another name for Jerusalem. Zion is particularly used in the Psalms as the sanctuary in Jerusalem. God's children are paradise poetically called the daughters of Zion. For example, Isaiah chapter 60, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. And what does Israel mean? God orders, God rules, God commands. Man attempts, but always fails. And the biblical definition of what Israel is, Genesis chapter 32, 28, and who are the Israelites? Romans chapter 9, verse 4. And that's me and that's you. We adopt ourselves back into that family, Israel, by surrendering our entire existence to the Lord Jesus Christ and submitting with an unquestioning obedience and asking, Lord Jesus Christ, please cleanse me of everything that is offensive to you in your kingdom, everything of the darkness, everything that is corrupt to you in your kingdom, please cleanse me 
and saturate me with your Holy Spirit. Cover me with your veil. Wrap me with your vesture. Please hold my hand, my Lord Jesus Christ. I am so weak. You are so strong. You are the strongest entity in the universe. You are first and foremost in importance in the universe. You are the only begotten Son of God. You are the only one worthy. You are the only one righteous. And you sacrificed it all for us. The most selfless act of love and compassion was Calvary at the cross where Jesus Christ took the lowest earthly position for me, for you. He suffered for us and because of us. Innocent, not guilty. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. And once that blood spilled, that gave him the universal right that is universally recognized to set up a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. We're talking about the Millennium Temple, a priestly kingdom that will not accommodate evil. It will not negotiate with evil. It will not make concessions with evil. It is bona fide. It is legit. And it is waiting for you. That is your inheritance. Be a daughter of Zion. This is the first advent as it's written, Zechariah chapter 9, 9. The very next verse is the second advent, Zechariah chapter 9, 10. These things understood not his disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. Remember, these guys have only been studying for three years, right? So it, it takes a little time, you know, to get the word of God into your spirit, that's your psyche, this closed energy system that's bound by the laws of thermodynamics. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It has to go somewhere when you die. Closed energy system, this open energy system, the flesh body goes back in the dirt forever. Verse 17, the people therefore that were with him at, when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. Okay, so people were writing this down. They were testifying. For this cause, the people also met him, for they had heard that he had done this miracle. Okay, they acknowledged it. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive how you will prevail nothing. Behold, the world has gone after him. What's this written in the manuscripts? It's like this. Um, how is this going to profit us? This guy's taking everything. All the people are going to go follow him. We're talking about shekels in these baskets. is not happening. He's taking all the people away. How are we going to profit? We profit nothing because of this guy. We want this guy dead. The whole world is going to go after him unless we intervene. Okay. And there were certain Greeks. That's not Greek, like Greek people eating Greek salads and stuff. This is Hellenists, and it just means Gentiles. There are many Gentiles among them that came to worship at the feast. The same, therefore, the same came, therefore, to Philip, Gentiles, which was at, which was at Bathsheba of Galilee, and desired him, saying, it came up to saying, so we want to see Jesus, okay? Let's make this simple. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, and Jesus answered them, saying, the hour has come. Look, man, time's up. I got, I have to fulfill prophecy. You know, that was Calvary at the cross where prophecy became in accordance with the Word of God, in accordance with reality. What did Jesus Christ do? He didn't came to change one jit, jot of the law or the prophets. He came to fulfill the blood ordinances so we don't have to drag barn animals to church anymore and have some guy sacrifice them and then turn around and say, okay, you're forgiven for your sins. That's lip service. It comes from the heart. Repentance comes from the heart. Now, that's how we cleanse ourselves and go back to the last... Uh, Verse 11.55, to purify yourself, not through vain rituals. We are to purify our minds through repentance. That's a change of heart. Not because of consequences, not grudgingly, but have an actual change of attitude and heart towards the sin itself that we are not, it's not in our construct to, to, to commit that anymore. Okay, so where were we? 
And so they want to talk to the Jesus Christ, saying, the hour has come, man. That means my space of time has come that the Son of Man shall be glorified. Truly, truly, I say unto you, if not a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, if it abideth alone, but if it die, bring it forth much fruit. In other words, if there's a corn of wheat on this ruler here, and it's, you know, growing in the field like this, and it's sticking there, uh, and, it, and it just stays there, and never falls off into the ground and rots, then it's not—it's no good, right? That's all it's saying. It has to die and bring forth much fruit. He's talking about himself, obviously. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. This just means, if you just love the ways and things of the world, and you think you're all that in a bag of chips, and your ideologies are your God, when it's idolatry, people all the time say to me, oh, we don't have a statue in our house that we're worshiping like this. Well, what's if you did have a statue in your house that you're worshiping, it's the ideologies behind that statue. It's not that stupid, useless statue that someone made. Okay, so what? Let's say you don't have a statue. You know, guess what? You're uh, guess who you worship? Every time you look at yourself in the mirror, you're worshiping your own ideologies because worship just means what you have faith in, and religion just means follower of one's own beliefs. Okay, so if you love with your life, if you love with yourself, if people say, "I believe in myself," my ideologies are right. This is how I govern my life. What I think is right. God, when I see God, I'm going I'm to tell him, this is what I think. God. God's going to say, depart from me. Jesus Christ saying, depart from me. You never took the time to get to know me. Mankind is a 100% failure rate in governing themselves. Free will entities simply have to be governed. Here's the governing laws right here. If you don't like them, and God's got a place set up for you. He's not going to force you. We're going to talk about that right now. And if you hate your life in this world because it sucks, because we see what's going on on planet Earth, it's all about... It's all about money and the things money can buy, the emptiness of the material world, the pursuit of profit, people's egotism, attitudes of obscene entitlement, fueled by ruthless, unadulterated greed. And if that's what you want, you're going to lose your life. You're going to lose your eternal life. But if you hate those things, and we do hate those things, we do hate this construct of changing people's uh, religious authority, of wars, rumors of wars, of this money, of major media lying to us, the dynasty of the censorship of the truth that we're going through right now, the great apostasy. Okay, we hate these things, man. We want the whole human family to come back for Father's joy, for His glory, for His pleasure like He made us. Revelation chapter 4, the very last verse. If any man serve me, let him follow me. That's your free will choice. God will not violate the principles of free will. You cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. It's your free will choice. He's not going to force you. You get what you deserve. You get promoted to wherever you deserve because that's where you want to be. If you want to argue with other people that your ideologies are right, there's going to be a whole bunch of people on that side of the gulf. It's called hell where there is no praise or presence of God whatsoever. And go for it. Knock yourself out until you get snuffed out. Okay? You're just going to be frustrated beyond belief. It turns into anguish. It turns into mortification of the soul and we don't wish that on anybody but the reason you're over there is because you have exhausted your caregiver god is not going to force you we got to get on with the affairs of time infinity forward and if you don't want to be part of it then see you later you've exhausted your caregiver do you think god needs you you egotistical people that think god needs god doesn't need you we need God. God wants his children back. But if you don't want to be part of God's family Israel, then God says, okay, you get what you want. 
go over there and you guys can fight it out in hell in the nether parts of the earth as long as you want go ahead just knock yourselves out you get what you want in for eternal life if any man serve me let him follow me and where i am there shall also my servant be and Hey, he's with you. If you're trying to serve God, he's with you. It has to be from the heart, submitting with an unquestioning obedience to this construct. Not man's commentary. Not using this as a random book of quotes. This is an easy book to understand once you let go of all those ideologies that you've heard in these churchy church systems where they use this book as a random book of quotes. Jesus Christ will forgive all sins. They forget the biggest thing. The biggest word in the Bible. If. I. F. You repent, and you have no plans on doing that again. Or you're going to slip up and fall on your face, don't you think? But you don't construct it in your mind. Okay, well, I'm just going to go to church on Sunday, say sorry, then on Monday I'm going to repeat all my heathen ideologistic ways, and then, um, yeah, I'm probably going to get into heaven. I have people come out here once, and the guy said, I'm half Christian, but I'm, go I'm going to heaven. Who are you trying to convince? You're going to say that to Lord Jesus Christ? The split second that you die in the twinkling of an eye as it's written? Yeah, you go argue with him. See how that works out for you. Because I can tell you one thing. You're going to lose, yo. Okay, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Eh, my servant. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. He's going to okay, there's my children. Ami. My children, not Loami, not my children. For now, my soul is troubled. This is psyche, the spirit. Jesus Christ's spirit, his intellect is troubled. For what shall I say? What should I say right now? I know that I have to execute the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension. I know I'm going to do this, but I'm troubled. Fa what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. Do you think I'm going to try and bail on this? No. For this cause, I came into this hour for this particular reason. It's troubling because a lot of people are going to reject the Lord Jesus Christ and end themselves up in hell. 28. Father, glorify thy name. Then come there a voice from heaven saying, I have been both glorified it and will glorify it again. Why did Jesus Christ have trouble with this? Like It's like his soul was troubled. Let's go back to this. Because it's up to the individual where you go. There is no other way to rid the world of evil except let it play out to its maximum. That's the only way. That's why Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew, is there any other way? No, there's no other way. Evil has to expose itself to the maximum and you have to have your free will choice. Am I going to play into it or am I going to reject it? My soul is troubled. Yeah, because people, yeah, because all evil in the world comes from the human heart. And, and look what it's done to the world today. Do you think a loving God wants this to happen? He's just watching it play out. That's the only way to rid the world of evil. As it's written, evil will destroy itself from within. Father, glorify thy name. Then came a voice there from heaven saying, I have been, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered others said an angel spoke it thunders in the bible means you cannot ignore it jesus answered and said this voice came not because of me but for your sakes okay this is for you because you're sitting here witnessing this for us right now now is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out satan's fate is sealed okay that's all he's got if he could have corrupted the lord jesus christ he would have won but no guile no malice no corruption no sin penetrated the lord jesus christ and in the next couple of chapters we're going to read the greatest one of the greatest verses in the bible and that is when jesus christ says satan you got nothing on me 
And because you have nothing on me, I have the universal right to shut out all evil. I will not accommodate evil in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever will has that same construct in their psyche can come and abide with the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody else who thinks they can come in and change the Lord Jesus Christ's mind with their ideologies, you egotistical people, you got somewhere else to go and you got lots of people that you can argue with till hell's up and over with. Jesus answered and said, the voice came for your sakes. Judgment of the world. Now the prince of this world shall be cast out. Who is the prince of the world? Ephesians 2, 2. Satan is the prince of the air, prince of the power of the air, prince of the demons. Matthew 12, um, ruler Satan as prince. Okay, over and over. We know who it is. It's Satan himself. That just means the adversary. Devil just means the slanderer. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. He's just laying the snow, okay? He's going to die on that cross, and that's the way it goes, because it's written of in Psalms 22 and other places in the Bible how he was going to die. Fulfill prophecy, the blood ordinances. He didn't came to change one jit or jot of the law or the prophets. He came to fulfill that blood ordinances so that we didn't have to drag farm animals to church anymore. We can repent from the heart when we pray. The people answered him, We have heard under the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? They didn't understand or were never taught about the first and second advent. And the easiest spot to see that is Zechariah chapter 9, 9, Zechariah chapter 9, 10. That's, the, that's just one place, back-to-back -back verses. Why didn't they understand it? Because look at the lead clergy of the time is using the Bibles and random book of quotes and using ceremonies, adding traditions. And when it says in the New Testament, the laws don't apply anymore, that's these laws of the Sadducees and Pharisees and the lead clergies of today that have sugar-coated God's word and they've left things out or they added things contrary to the last page of the Bible for convenience because people don't want to hear the truth and it's not convenient it doesn't fill the churches it fills the churches with pedestrian christians and churchy church churches and churches that want people that want to hear sermons about human entitlement human experience human merit human endeavor what's in it for me in the here and now with no consideration what jesus christ just said he that loves his life shall lose it that includes all the material crap that people think is so important that they're entitled to okay so christ is just letting her rip here and if i be lifted up from the earth okay that's what happened the people answered him okay we went over that first advent second advent they didn't get it because they weren't being taught then jesus said unto them yet a little while is the light with you walk while we have the light lest darkness come upon you for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goest well i think they know even though they try and kid themselves and think they're going to get into the kingdom of heaven or whatever they want to think they just don't know that they're going to end up in hell like no one's really sitting there thinking yep i think uh i want to go to hell in other parts of the earth, walking in darkness, and uh, where there is no praise or presence of God whatsoever, and where we're just screaming out, uh, you know, at each other with our ideologies, that's wailing and gnashing of teeth, trying to prove everybody why you're right all the time. Like what a drag that would be. Now, the light is the truth, and the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. This takes us back to the first page of the Bible, the two of the great. The two unique light givers, the greater unique light giver is of the day. The lesser is of the night, walking in darkness. Jesus Christ is that greater unique light giver. 
As we know, we covered that in the last lesson extensively, and it's up to you what light you want to follow. Well, you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be children of the light. That's me, that's you. These things to Jesus, spake Jesus, and departed, and did hide himself uh, from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, they believed not on him. It's the same thing today. It's the same thing today. Like we're, There's so many things right in front of us, tangible proof, like the Ice Age, where did all the water come from? from? The Ice Age, we know the water came from the atmosphere. We know the sun was blocked out. That's the only way for the source of the water to go there because the, the sun keeps the atmosphere in place, the troposphere. So as soon as the sun's blocked out from meteors or, or uh, volcanoes, meteor impacts, volcanoes, there it goes. And that's where all the water came from for the Ice Age. And there was a mile and a half thick deep of ice here. That means the sun's blocked out. Or it wouldn't be ice. It would be water. And it carved out the Great Lakes. There's always science behind the math. Or math behind the science. There's a mile and a half of ice above me right now. For hundreds of thousands of years. And scientists trying to say ridiculous things. Like like uh, the sun uh, hit the ice and got reflected back. Well let me tell you something genius. Use some deductive reasoning here. And when the sun hits ice... It melts it. You know, if you want, these people want the same today. They don't believe. They want to listen to fairy tales like the, like that there was actually life on Earth when the sun's blocked out, when no photosynthesis could take place. The only way for it to be that cold is the sun to be blocked out, to carve out something like the Great Lakes, a mile and a half of ice. And when it comes to evolution, if evolution were true, there would have to be an infinite array of fossils and remains at every minute stage of transition from the single cell to all the species we see now and all the species that have come and gone those fossils and remains simply don't exist man this is all from imaginative criticism from people's from pseudoscience that rely on interpretations of incomplete sets of evidence they try and weave together cherry-picked data selected data and limited observation with theory and hypothesis and they use statistical manipulation it's called basic bias weak science published by yellow journalism and they have a financial interest in the outcome because they have to publish something so they'll say yeah well yeah there was an ice age there's no doubt about it there's massive geological evidence you can't get around you can't use oxygen ratio isotope cycles and carbon dating and chemical analysis because it's flawed with variables that's weak science if there's ice here there's no sun because the sun would melt the ice and don't think, well, maybe the planet traveled a little bit farther from the sun. Then there'd be no life at all because it'd be too cold. Sun was blocked out. And it's the same thing back then. It's right in front of your eyes now. That's true science. But if you want to follow Netflix science or some documentary or just some scientist that's doing this for a, you know because they have a financial interest in the outcome for clickbait, advertising, and to change your ability to think critically or independently because you've got no, no emotional attachment to this documentary person then it's going to change your religious authority and it's just propaganda to persuade public opinion you know the only cult people never see is the one they're in to reduce your ability to think critically or independently i can't believe how many people will try and say where did the water come from the ice age and it's the same thing here. He was right there doing miracles right in front of them. They didn't believe him. It's the same today. We have science today to tell us, are these ice caps and glaciers salt water or fresh water? Are these Great Lakes salt water or fresh water? It was fresh water. It was all our troposphere collapsed when the sun got blocked out. Don't forget, when meteor impacts or volcanoes 
go off like all the hundreds and hundreds of volcanoes down here that we know have gone off they put sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere and that's a billion trillion tiny little mirrors and it blocks out the sun man it gets into the stratosphere there's no wind up there and it stayed there for hundreds of thousands of years then god came back and recreated life because he is an energy God executes performances far beyond our current understanding of physics, but science proves it. Fake science, flawed science, weak science, pseudoscience. People just eat that stuff up. I don't understand. No critical thinking whatsoever. When you need somebody to think for you and speak for you, you're in a cult. So people didn't believe. And thus the saying, Elijah the prophet, or Isaiah the prophet, I should say, might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed the, who hath believed our report? Like, who's even believing us now? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? To all of us, but people don't care and they don't want to believe it. They'd rather believe something else because they're in a cult. And it's called the mice cult. It's money, ideology, coercion, and ego. Deprogram yourself from this cult and get your exit counseling from the Lord Jesus Christ. It all comes off your screen. Therefore, they cannot believe because Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be, con and be converted that I should heal them. What's what's he saying here? The truth doesn't sink with their ego. Misinformation is just information people don't like. When people don't like the truth and it's not convenient for them, they villainize it, they delegitimize it, and it's not even their own imaginative criticism. You know, God judges those with persistent unbelief with the spirit of slumber. Like that's chronic disobedience fueled by someone else's imaginative criticism because you've allowed them to meta- a train of thought into your psyche, your spirit, and you get up all these catchphrases. We we're going to tell you what to say, we're going to tell you what to think, and we're going to tell you what to do. Okay? And when anyone comes up against you, here's the catchphrases you are supposed to use. That's called a cult. And that's the cult of today. I hope that's the end of this chapter. Now we got a few more verses. These things said, uh, Isaiah, when he saw his glory and spake of him. What, did, what do you mean he saw his glory? He saw the truth and he wrote it down for us. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Hey, there's a lot of power struggle here, right? If you want to have the truth in front of somebody and then you're going to get kicked out for telling the truth, yeah, welcome to today also. Right? It's the same thing. There's nothing new under the sun. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Oh, of course. They just love the praise of men. It's all about me. Well, guess what? Enjoy it now, big shot. There's no, uh, tra there's no trailer on a hearse. All this stuff now. Reverence belongs to God. Reverence is God's name. Psalms chapter 11, chapter 111. And reverence is one of the seven spirits of God. We're supposed to humble ourselves. We're supposed to be meek. And meek in the Hebrew means the opposite of meek in the English. Meek in the English means uh, submissive and easily imposed upon. Meek in the Hebrew means to afflict yourself with self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself in the face of all vain ideologies and vain curiosities and your own self-pride. That's what these people were full of. Self-pride. Oh, they just love the praise of men and their wallets. Right? Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. He's Yeshua Messiah, salvation of Yahweh. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. Okay, that's true. We see him through the living word right now. I am come 
a light into the world, and whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. That's what it says in the first page of your Bible, verse 14 to 18. God made the light. That's asa in the Hebrew. That means prepared. Okay, when he formed Adam, that means he purposed the salvation ministry. When he created the world, that means just that, created beyond our current understanding of physics. But he tells us in Psalms, or Proverbs chapter 8, I was wisdom, I became a consciousness, and I created. I didn't create chaos, disorder, division. I didn't create hatred. And people say to me, like I said earlier, I said, well, what about all this, uh, if God created everything, what about, what about this hell on earth that we're living right now? I said, what God created but what mankind did with it is another story. God didn't create chaos. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, okay, I am the light of the world. He is the greater of the two unique light givers. If any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. What do you mean by that? That doesn't seem to make sense. Well, the punishment for unbelief lies within the sin itself. The sinner judges themselves. The people with our caring that have conceived and are nursing along false doctrine ideologies that think they know better than the Word of God, judge themselves. You get what you deserve. You get exactly what you deserve. If you want to be with God in a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, you have to conform to His ideologies, and that's all there is to it. Because only God has a consistent thought pattern. Mankind is bound by the principles of being human. We have an inconsistent thought pattern. Free, enti free will entities simply must be be governed, and that's all there is to it. And God is our governor. If you don't want him, then you can take Satan, and you can have this construct here, just absolute chaos, pandemonium, just hell right now. It's absolute hell on earth. He that rejected me as receives not my words, hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last days. This is the word. People that criticize the very book that they will be criticized by, people that marginalize the very book. I'll just leave it at that. If you judge the very book that you'll be judged by, you are going to lose, and we don't pray that for anybody. Criticize the very book that, they, that they'll be criticized by. Okay. For I have not spoken to myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment which I should say and what I should speak, and I know that his commandment is life everlasting to whomsoever will. If you're not down with it, you go play somewhere else, man. And you've exhausted your caregiver, and we're still praying for you. Because God wants his children back. They can only be reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ, through this word that you will be criticized by. And all the angels rejoice when one of us repents because they want their brothers and sisters back to get on with the affairs of time, to cohabitate with God in the circuits of time the way he created us originally. We're just spiritual beings going through the short flesh experience and so much depends on what we do now with our psyche, our spirit, the intellect of our soul, not with your bank account, your credit cards and your stuff and things. I know that his commandment is life everlasting. These promises are written in the counsels of eternity. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father saith unto me, so I speak. Amen. Thank you very much, Jesus. I hope you enjoyed that. There's John, finished chap John chapter 12, and we finished John chapter 11 today. I want to thank you very much for watching. Have yourself the greatest day, and bye for now.